This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. You know, they're playing hard and they're playing, you know, like an experienced team that they are. And, you know, we were in a 3-3 game against them and, you know, gave up a you know, power play goal of four minutes to go. And we have to have that same effort. We have to make sure that we know when their top lines are on the ice and, uh, you know, know that we uh, got to manage the puck real well against those guys. And, you know, if we're going to get our chances uh, in the offensive zone, we're going to have to get to the blue paint. We're going to have to get around there. They do a pretty good job of boxing you. They get some big defensemen that don't really like to let you get near the net. So we're going to have to get inside and, and uh, you know, really try to force them to, uh, you know, to, you know, keep us away from those second and third chances. Welcome to the show, Cam Poitras, Jim Toth. That was associate head coach Scott Arneal speaking about the Vegas Golden Knights, a 9-0-1 team, uh, proof that Vegas not resting on their laurels, Jim. Yeah, um, they look really good, and I believe they already set a record for the defending champions to win five or six in a row or go undefeated out of of the following season. Definitely the best start ever. Uh, Another great test for the Jets. We all know how they match up. We all know the two playoff series that uh, the Vegas Golden Knights have beaten the Jets in, but this is is always a test, and I think it's really good. They lost 5-3 earlier in the season. Um, it was funny when I mentioned after the game against uh, on uh, Monday night against the Rangers that next up was uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. Somebody tweeted back at me, what is with the schedule? Enough with the Knights already. I know. Um, I don't know if it's better to play them now or later, but <laughs> they are rolling, and this will be a good uh, litmus test for the Winnipeg Jets tonight. Uh, talk all about it. Derek Anglin, a former NHLer and uh, the Vegas Golden Knights pre- and post-game analyst joining us now. Hey, Derek, how you doing? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Doing good, Derek. Thanks for Fantastic. joining us, man. Oh, thanks for having me. Well, are you getting sick of the Jets? Ah, no, it's always fun to watch. It's always they're all, they're always good games, entertaining, uh, physical, a lot of big bodies out there. So I, I like that hockey. So I, I always like uh, when the Jets come to town or vice versa. Five zero and one at home, four and zero away. You've been around hockey a long time, Derek. Um, we always hear about this sort of Stanley Cup hangover. What has gone on with the Knights that they just haven't seemed to miss a beat? Well, I think I think definitely against uh, against the top teams, they're raising their game, and uh, you know I think they're getting away a few games lucky. You know, against Montreal, it could have went the other way easily. Um, you know, the second they only had two shots on net, but I, I think the biggest thing is they're getting huge saves at key times in the game, and their goaltending has been outstanding at this far and. Um, they're not getting too far behind. You, you know, they're maybe not playing um, as good as they can uh, for the full 60 minutes, but they're keeping it close enough where their their skill can take over and, and get a goal when needed. Or the, the goaltending, like I said, has been coming up huge at timely matters to, to make big saves to keep a minute. Yeah, and and you know, Derek, that that to me is the is the mark of of an elite team. It is a team that say, hey, you know what? Maybe we're 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 having sort of an off night. We're not playing to our full capabilities, but we're still finding a way to you know scrape together a win. I mean, the last three games they've taken an extra time. Yeah, yeah, no, and you go back even the Philly game. You know, Torts has those guys playing uh, like you expect, and um, you know they were they were dominant at times, and and then you know the Knights. Uh, Keep them. They they play so well defensively. They keep uh, a lot to the outside and don't let guys in inside in front of the net. And let's allows the goalie to make the first save. And you know there's not rebound after rebound after rebound. So 
that's a huge key. And uh, like I said, they're just they're they're keeping in it and and their skill. You know, we come to overtime, and it's anyone's anyone's game in this league. It's fun to watch, but um, you know, they they they've taken over. Um, come the extra time uh, lately. You know, for a team that used so many goalies last year, uh, Aiden Hill got the job, got the Stanley Cup. Uh, Loren Brassois is here in Winnipeg, and and we know that Logan Thompson's back and healthy. How has the goaltending been out of the gate? Uh, this kind of this is an organization that shows you don't want to test your depth, but when it has, uh, it has uh, proven to be pretty solid in net. Yeah, this year, you know, the, I think what last game they said it was a sixty forty split this, through ten games, so. Kind of what you expected. Aiden did take the the job through the playoffs, and um, but Logan looks uh, phenomenal so far as well. Both of them, you know, I think through through the first ten games, uh, you know that they've each made one mistake. You know, Logan made the uh, the blocker save against Philly that goes off the inside of his blocker in the end, and then Aiden last game went to play the puck and and turn it over a shorthanded goal for Monahan, but. You know what they bailed the team out so much, and uh, you know that both goalies shook it off, and the team bailed them out uh, for one bad goal. And you know, through ten games, two bad goals uh, is a that's a pretty good uh, percentage uh, if you go the whole year and only make that many mistakes. So uh, it's been phenomenal so far, and hopefully they can keep it rolling. Uh, d- does the team want somebody to emerge, or are they okay with sort of this this tandem right now with Logan and Aiden? Ah, uh, you, you know what? I think I think everyone's kind of shifting from the from the one goalie. You know, they're not playing the goalies as much. You know, there's a few goalies. Obviously, Hellebuck plays uh, <laughs> yeah. a ton. Uh, Vasilevsky, when he's when he's healthy, plays a ton. But you know, the younger guys that are coming in, that um, you know, I think they're kind of going to that one uh, A, one B, and splitting games so both guys you know hopefully it keeps keeps goaltenders healthy and they can go with uh, either or at any time of the year William Carlson leads the Knights in points 11 in 10 games and then Shea Theodore and Jack Eichel are tied with 10 points nice to see a defenseman be a point per game player yeah he's been phenomenal this year you know especially when Petrangelo was out for those games um, you know you knew he was he was going to take that step eventually, uh, you know, you know, it's still early in the season. And I think the biggest, biggest thing for Theo uh, previous seasons is uh, can he sustain it over 82 games? And so far he's been rock solid and um, you know, not just the points, but I think defensively he's uh, taken a huge stride. You know, he's, he's so good defensively now using his stick and his feet and, and breaking pucks out, and uh, that's just leading to uh, two more points for him and, um, you know, leading that top power play if they get clicking like they, they can. Um, you know, that's just more points in the in the bag for him. Yeah, Derek, I wanted to ask your opinion on this. You, you as an ex-player, your your opinion obviously on, on this would weigh a heck of a lot more than somebody like me. Uh, but in terms of the, the neck protection, um, the, obviously the tragic situation out in, in the UK, uh, there's some Winnipeg Jets players, four of them during practice. I mean, morning skate's not going on for another 45 minutes or so out in Vegas. So we'll know if anybody else is wearing it or if they've taken it off. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Is this something that you think uh, the league should mandate or is it something that should be left up to the players or something similar to, to say, the face mask uh, or the visor, I should say, um, where it was sort of grandfathered in and left up to the players? Where do, you, where do you stand on that? What's your opinion? Yeah, I think definitely something should should be done. I think, the 
you know, with you go, you said the visors, it was no one made us think about it. Uh, you know, when you made it, you wore it, and if you didn't want to wear it, and you're a veteran, you didn't have to. Um, you know, I preferred not to wear it. Yeah. I probably should have. <laughs> but I probably should have. I got lucky, I guess, through through my career. But you, you know, you didn't you didn't hear anything uh, wrong with grandfathering it in. So, you know, I think that's an easy way, guys coming in, because uh, I'm pretty sure, like the Quebec Quebec Major Juniors has worn them for years now. I think. Yeah, the WHL um, just mandated it uh, yesterday. Yeah, so they just all mandated it. So it's. It's not going to matter. Guys are going to be used to it from a young age. In Canada, you have to wear it from, you know, it's mandatory from when you start hockey um, when I was growing up. So uh, it was, it's not a big deal. I think it's kind of like the visors. Even when I got sent down to the AHL and had to put it on, it's not a big deal. So, um, you know, if it, if, it, if it stops one person from, you know, not just the tragedy, but getting cut and having serious issues, you know, I'm definitely for it. Um, you know, obviously I'm not playing anymore, so it's easier said than, mm-hmm. than done. But I think if they grandfather it in, it's not going to be a, an issue at all. You don't get on the ice anymore, Derek? No, I stay off the ice. I, I get on to coach little kids. and uh, <laughs> I think I've had my gear on about four times, and three of them were skating with Ryan Reeves when uh, <laughs> he was coming back from injury after my first year so. Uh, it's still dust collecting dust in the uh, in the garage, but I'm enjoying all the other stuff that I got to do now. That's awesome. I did want one final question before you let you go. Uh, Paul Cotter, tell me about him. He had 18 points in 55 games last year, uh, seven games in his rookie year. This year, six points, three goals, three assists. He's on the second line. Uh, what can you tell us about Paul? Uh, yeah, I think he, he's maturing. You know, he knows what he has to do more this year and he's doing it more consistently this year you know he knows that he has to get out there and be that big body because he he can throw the weight around and create space for you know stone and stevenson right now and um i think he's kind of figuring out that if he creates that space he's going to get rewarded more times than not with uh, the skill level of those two guys so i think he's just just maturing as a as a pro and 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 figuring out his game what's going to work the best and and so far, it's it's paying off for him. Derek England, former NHLer, as well as the Vegas Golden Knights pre- and post-game analyst. Derek, really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, take care, and uh, maybe we'll talk later on this year. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, real awesome. pleasure having you on, Derek. All the best, man. You too, guys. Uh, puck drop at 9, pregame show at 6.30 here on 6.80 CJOB. Great to have Derek England uh, on. I mean, what do you think about this game coming I've, up here? I've been a fan of his since he made the league. Like He's the first player to Vegas to do it, but then to do it, and, and we all know the circumstances with that tragedy that happened when Vegas came back there, but yeah. um, I heard prior to that, like, he was just a really good guy, and, and so, um, yeah, I'm a big fan of his. Great to have him on the program. Um, uh, yeah, I look at this, like, this Paul Cotter kid is – living the dream. He's on the second line with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone. He's a centerman by nature, but he's playing left wing. He's got three goals, three assists in six games, as I said. I know he was there for 55 last year, had 13 goals, but um, fourth-round pick looks to be <laughs> drafted right. Um, mm-hmm. So I like him, but I'm, I'm looking at the lineup, what it's projected to be, and, you know, William Carlson's leading this team in scoring. He's a third-line center. Yeah. And now he's on the power play. I get that. Yeah. But this is, I mean, this is what we talked about the Jets and what a lot of people talked about after Vegas won and throughout the summer 
evening out your lineup more, having some depth. I believe when they won, wasn't Stone on the third line? Like he, yeah. I don't know if that was into the final series, but I know against the Jets and stuff. Um, look, it, Brent it, Howden's their fourth line center. It, it's their path to victory is exactly this. You know, stack all the lines, and, you know, keep throwing them at there and, and balance things out. It's their key to victory, and nobody does it better than the Golden Knights. Eichel, Stevenson, Carlson, Howden are their four centers down the middle, and probably two of those guys could be up a line on another team. 204-780-6868. Let's take a break on the other side. This NHLer says he's surprised. He hasn't no – one's, no one's picked up the phone to give him a ring yet. Who's that? Who am I speaking about? As I mentioned earlier, the phone. As I, as I earlier mentioned Wasn't in the conversation, I think so. Pick I think so. You'd have to tell me what it is. So I don't remember. Ginsu knives. It was one of those late oh, night programs. Now you're asking me you're late night Ginsu stuff. Knives. Never watch late night ever. Pick up the phone. Uh, Derek Anglin, of course, during our conversation with him, I uh, mentioned the morning skate doesn't start until one o'clock here. So we'll give you some projected lines. The pra- at practice yesterday, there was there was no changes uh, to the lineup. So we'll we'll give you those, and but those definitely could change by the nine o'clock buck drop. It's a late one tonight, and uh, we'll talk about nine special o'clock. teams, all that other stuff. I know. I got kids. We'll be right back. He'll be in bed. And Michael Anlauer politely gives it to the National Hockey League. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. Well, free agent Phil Kessel continues to look for a landing spot to play his 18th NHL season after going unsigned. Obviously, I'm a little surprised I haven't got anything yet, but it is what it is, right? Are you surprised, Jim Toth? No one's um, picked no. up the phone and called Phil Kessel? No, you know what? Because, like, don't you always look at the Jets? There was a time I was vilified, and Ken Weeble attest to this, in the first three to four years, I think they were getting him out of Toronto. I'm like, they need to bring him here. And a lot of people said, like, he was making $8 million or something. He would have been the Jets' highest paid player at the time. And I'm like, they need a scorer. And so I was like, bring him in. Uh, but anyway, I, I don't... I'm not surprised now, but I only like look at the Jets. Where would you play him on the Jets? That's the question. That's the question. And, you, and he takes up a roster spot. You're not. Yeah, you're gonna. Well, even at a million dollars, you're not even playing him on the fourth line here. We'll hear from Michael Anlauer, a new owner of the Ottawa Center, to see some choice words from the NHL as we take a look at the morning skate and the big game tonight against the Vegas Gold Knights. Pick Don't go anywhere. Up the phone. What is that? Jets at noon on six eight CJOB. Hey, Bron. Um, yep. Welcome back to Jets at Noon, 204-780-6868. Jim Toth and myself here. Um, do you, I'm going to play something for you. Okay. And you have to tell me if you know what this is. Okay, because Jim's been singing this all throughout the show. You don't have to be alone tonight. Don't be lonely. Just call me. Let's oh. party. Pick up the phone. <laughs> I may have seen that commercial a time or two. Pick up the phone. you call me? <laughs> I think they were talking right to Jeff. I never picked up the phone. (laughs) I remember seeing that ad. Is this number still intact? Do not call that number. Do not call that number. Chorus will get a bill for about $800 a minute. Call now. (laughs) Um, I just, I I think when I saw that. (laughs) So the original catfishing going on over there. That's for Jeff. That's for Jeff. I remember watching that for the first time and going, I wonder if Jeff's going to call in. (laughs) <laughs> They're just hey, listen. There's all these, you know, young singles up at 2 a.m. waiting for your phone we work call. Working radio, we don't have that kind of money. 
You can either you can either first call minute, first minute's only ninety nine cents. You, you can either call the chat at that hour or you can buy a Ginsu knife. Those are the two things you can do at late night TV. You can buy a knife that can cut through an aluminum can, or you can call to have some conversation because they just like to talk. They just want to talk. They're just bored. Goes back to the old adage that nothing good ever happens after midnight. Exactly. Yes. It's true. Very true. Yes. So I like this text here. Tolth knows. I did know. I just would see it, but I, I never know. I never, I don't like to talk on the phone at all. In fact, I, I text all day and people are like, you don't like to talk on the phone. And I'm like, no, I don't. I'm busy. I got to book the yeah. show and I got to go. Yeah. Very busy. Yeah. Pick up the phone. Now it's going to be my you hand. You ever get day. called to, or text, can you pick up bread? And then you go, yes. And then they call and they're like, I, just, I don't know if you got my text. Can you pick up bread? That's, I don't need to talk on the phone. I, I said, it. yes. Yeah. I said, we, oui. yes, I will. Yeah, I mean, I'm cultured. Pick up the phone. See. See. Anyway, pick Phil Kessel wants somebody to pick up the phone is Why the point. Why would anybody pick up the phone and call? He's surprised. No one's picked up the phone. Uh, one texter says to uh, pick him up and put him on the power play. Well, um, I mean, at this situation, I mean, we're not in desperation mode, but I mean, here's the numbers. We were talking about this yesterday, Jim, in terms of special teams. Okay. And the Winnipeg Jets are going into another big challenge here against another good PK and another good power play. Uh, the Jets, as reiterated yesterday, power play 11.8% in 28th in the league. The PK at a kill rate of 71.9%, which is only 29th in the league. While the Vegas Golden Knights power play is a very serviceable, good uh, 22.9%, uh, which is 11th in the league right now. And then the penalty kill there is is dynamite. It's in sixth place at almost 90%. You round it up to 90 here. So um, it's, you know what, this is just another game to me, Jim, c- coming in here again against a fantastic opponent with the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, where it's it's time for the Jets to turn this around. This is the one thing, and it's they've had a great start to the year. I, I think if you're a Jets fan and you're watching them play five on five, you're very, very happy. Uh, but they've left points on they've left points on the table. They've they've left points on the board um, that could be and likely will be uh, extremely important as the season goes on here, and might be the difference between making uh, and not making the playoffs. Um, the Jets have to start getting this going. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be in the top ten. It might not be a, a top ten power play. It might not be a top ten penalty kill this year. But it's got to start to climb here. It's got to get to like 15 or, or 16 or something over the next little bit because being at the bottom, like 28th in, on the power play and the 29th on the PK, I mean, that that's going to add up to uh, a good chunk of losses over the course of an entire season. Well, and I said against the Rangers, I'm not trying to, you know, beat my own drum here, but I, I believe that that was, a, was going to be a one-goal game, that both teams are sensational at five-on-five five play. And special teams is going to be the difference. If they could have got a power play goal, it could have, would have been the difference. Yes. Um, or a penalty kill when they needed it most. So yep. I think tonight's another power play game. It's not going to just be a power play game because this five-on-five five play from Vegas is exceptional. So mm-hmm. you're going to have to be great as well on all three facets, especially teams, penalty kill, power play, and five-on-five. Five. But it can, it can win and lose you games. And I don't think the – I liked what Kelly Moore said again. I mentioned this already on the last post-game show after the Rangers where he said five-on-five play is tough to fix. So if you're playing good five-on-five, I think you're going to be fine regardless of your specialty teams. 
But but power plays it will come along eventually. Mm-hmm. It won't be this bad for the entire season. It just won't. Yeah. Um. But tonight's a night where they could use it. Tonight's a night where if you get three power plays in order to win this game, you need two power play goals. You need to go two for three or two for four on the power play tonight if you get those chances in order to win. And it's going to be tough against what Derek was just saying, Derek England, about how they box in and they 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 collapse and they box everybody out and and get into the net. Um, but to me, when you say bring in Phil Kessel for the power play, I don't think that's what the power play is missing. Mm. The power play is missing getting the puck to the net and people in front of the net again. Yeah, you'd be bringing Phil Kessel if you were sorely missing a guy who can shoot the puck. And that's not what the distributor. Yeah. yeah, that's not what the Jets missing. don't have yeah. that problem. They since Gabe Velarde has gone down, like, and that's why some people have suggested, and even the second unit, get Adam Lowry out there in front of the net, get him, you know, causing some havoc down low. But the other problem is, is as well as having somebody in the net, the puck has to get there for that yeah. havoc to begin, mm-hmm. and that's what's not happening. They just the puck isn't moving fast enough to get the lanes to put it on net, and that's what we're seeing. That's why when it does move, like two quick passes. And the receiver of the second pass is yeah. sort of just playing and then plays it back to the point because it's not moving fast enough for those lanes to get that, open. That's why the four on three um, in, in overtime against the Rangers was just, it was so choreographed. You could see where yeah. it was coming. It was not a challenge for the Rangers to sniff out any puck that was coming on. They knew exactly where it was going. And even the tying goal from Zabinijad, like mm. he was, that was a one timer, but because the puck got there soon enough, he could get it off quicker and beat Hellebuck quicker. Um, but and that's what the Jets seem to do. So uh, tonight's another night. I mean, this is, you know, it, look, if they lose this game tonight, I'm not going to come in here tomorrow and be stunned or shocked. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm not. No. If they get a point out of here, I'll be pleasantly surprised. And if they win this game tonight, I will be, like, surprised. Um, they're great five on five. They get their specialty teams clicking tonight. And Connor Hellebuck, instead of Lauren Brisson, not that he played bad against Vegas the last time, but Connor Hellebuck should get the start tonight, in my opinion, and you, you should do whatever you can to win this game. This texter says 204-780-68. John says, hey, guys, what about the power play on the Moose? That one from John. Yeah, I mean, the power play of the Moose is going at 28.6%, which is good. But those guys need to stay there. The guys who are on that first unit power play, they gotta. that's a spot they have to there's stay. Nobody this on- is where you're getting. There's no one from the Moose that's going to come in here and start making, like, really, really affecting uh, this power play right now. I'm happy the Moose are having a lot of success on the power play. Um, they got they got six goals so far this year, but those guys need to stay there and keep working on it. Yeah, that's, there's that's nobody it. there's nobody on the Moose that are going to come in and help this Jets power play. Like, there's not a defenseman that's going to be better than Josh Morrissey. There's not a zone entry player that's going to be better than Nick Ehlers. Um, so uh, that's great that that power play is working. But if if they could help this one, they would be on the team. Yeah, absolutely. 204-780-6868, uh, 204-780-6868. What do you think the challenge is, is facing a team like this? 9-0-1, hasn't been beaten in regulation. Do you look at it as a challenge, Jim? Or, yeah. or Or do you just say, like, listen, it's just another game. It's it's o o and o You know, we're back to the, the – this is the first game of the year, and we're just going to play them like any other team. Or is it a situation where you're like, no, no, no. We know who we're facing here, and we got to be on the next level. Well, this, yeah, this isn't a game I don't think you have to say too much about. Like, when the Rangers come in, they won four in a row. They're on a road trip. They're a very good team. The Vegas team you've played once already, they're the Stanley Cup champions. The players know that. I don't think you have to say anything extra to get them going. But what you do have to hammer home, I think, tonight is to execute. To be precise and execute. Don't get too riled up because it's the Knights and the Stanley Cup champions and we lost last time in this. 
focus on this is a game in my mind more than ever you focus on what your job is what your keys are to move the puck through the zone to to keep it away from Hellebuck um and to gain some offensive control and to move the puck quick that to me is a game like the game tonight speaks for itself to the players I don't think you have to say anything extra or do any more coaching, but you do have to hammer home the points that because this team is so good, because they're 9-0-1, that you have to be precise in everything you do, execute, and and have some jump in your game. For sure. 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. This texture says, power play, penalty kill. Who's in charge of this now? Choking at games and been a problem even last year. Um. Well, it, it needs to, there's opportunities late in the game and a power play the see the power play scoring early on in a game on an opportunity. It's just as important to get that goal at that moment that it is late in the game. Yes. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like they have yeah, to take they, advantage of their opportunities. Power, it's power like, play. The, the, who, where's the game this week or last week they had where they had a power play right off the puck drop. Yeah. And then they had two more. That was Vegas, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And they couldn't capitalize it. Look, for as much as I like and, and use analytics and all the metrics, this is a game of emotion and you have to take advantage of it just as much as going two for three on three first period power plays helps you going zero for three hurts you. And then you get a fourth one 20 minutes or later in the game, the start of the third period or the end of the second. And you know, you're zero for three and then it gets in your head, right? It's a game of heart emotion and, and thinking just as much as it is speed, accuracy, execution. So I, I think the sooner they can get a power play goal, the better. Yeah. I do think Perfetti was right in the post game that whether it goes off three guys and beats somebody or trickles across yeah. the line, yeah. Yeah. that'll change this momentum of this power play. Um, but it struggled extensively last year as well, especially in the second half, but it didn't for the first half. Yeah, <laughs> and, and this is a team that with their power play predominantly over the past five or six years, the, the three weeks where it sucks – to a month stands out because it's been so good and so deadly for so long over the four or five seasons, but they have to figure it out. And to me, any power play, no matter what system you use or what you're doing or who's on it, it's all about puck speed. You've got to move the puck quicker than the defenders can, can catch up. Yeah. And in terms of the pa- the penalty kill, they, they, and, and Paul Edmond said this yesterday, when we had him on the show voice of the uh, Winnipeg Jets here on 680 CGOB. And I thought he was absolutely bang on. They're just, they're just a half a step yes. behind the puck. Then that's what they're getting caught up with. They're just, they just need that little extra half inch uh, where they can get to the puck quicker. They can get those clears. Um, and, and that's just what, that's, what's holding in on them. I, I didn't hate the, pa- the, you know, it was a real nice tip from Kreider, but it was the difference in the game. This texture says 204-780-6868, Uh, this texture says absolutely Jim, but not sure if it's coaching or mindset mindset. Uh, that's, I mean, that's exactly where I sit on it. I mean, this penalty kill last year was dynamite. There hasn't been yeah. that much changeover. I don't think the scheme is all that different than what they were doing last year. And if, and if it is, it was implemented by the exact same coaching staff. So I, I don't think it's a coaching issue. It's a, it's a mindset issue on, on the penalty kill. And in terms of the power play, you know that what we're talking about here, what we had Paul on to speak about is exactly what they're telling him. You know what? I'll even run, I'll even run this clip uh, from Scott O'Neill. I pulled this. This is from yesterday's practice uh, talking about him being satisfied with the overall performance of the hockey club in going four, three and two in October, uh, but improved special teams play on everyone's radar. We like the way we've played and uh, we feel that we should have had a better outcome in both those games in Montreal and against the Rangers. And 
our team game is, uh, has been good. Uh, our specialty teams have to get better. Um, you know, our penalty kill, you know, the other night, um, you know, we gave up a goal to get them back in it. You know, last game, obviously, uh, you know, a big one to, for them to, you know, make, they take that lead. So, uh, excuse me, to tie it up. So it's for us, it's, you know, certainly lots of emphasis today. And we did, we worked on it a little bit more today. Uh, for the power play, uh, for me, you know, we're just talking about like just it's it's getting more opportunities, pucks to the blue paint. Um, you know, however you find those opportunities, that creates the scrambles and kind of creates the next chance. And um, guys are good at it today. They, you know, they recognize it, and everybody's real proud, and they want to make sure that they're doing everything they can to you know help both units. And um, you know, we're at game nine here. We just got to continue to you know learn from what we've done and and get better each day with it. And the penalty kill is Scott O'Neill's bread and butter, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. what he was doing in Washington. That's yeah. why he picked up Axel Janssen Fialbi off the waivers because of what a good penalty killer he was. Um, it's sort of his key. But I do want to emphasize this too, Cam. Like, I think it needs the puck needs to move quicker. Like Paul said, it's a half yeah, step. Yeah. It just needs to get yeah, places yeah. better, and they need to make quicker decisions with it. But this is also the power play that how people can penalty kill. The reason a penalty power play slows down is people are overreading it. Puck goes low, guy slides across the crease. So if you're passing that, he's going to, you know, remember when Wheeler used to always try to tuck that across the crease to Connor or Shifley from down low and defensemen started laying on the ice. So then what do you do to beat that? Well, you stop making it a tic-tac-toe pass. You hold it, let the guy go down and then see what opens up. That's what I think they're doing, right? Like I think they, they got it going and then what they're doing is they're they're waiting to see what the defense are doing or the penalty kill. They have to move the puck quicker, get some shots off, get some goals, and then if penalty kills adjust to them, then you slow it down. Then you start looking for different ways to get into lanes or who's overplaying, who's cheating on the penalty kill. I don't think anybody's cheating right now because the puck's not moving very fast. 204-780-6868. Let's take a break. Let's come back on the other side. Michael Anlauer, the new owner of the, the Senators. Uh, audio, you got to hear. Um, and I'll play that when we come back. Choice words for the National Hockey What League. did I do to deserve this? Here we go. I just got here. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB. Why I inherited this is, is beyond me. Like, there's no reason for it to last that long. Um, I knew about it through the due diligence process and it was basically uh, from the seller's perspective was it was really a non-issue so (laughs) I don't know first round is a non-issue to you guys but it is to me yeah the timing to me it was about the timing I think when this happened that this young man was under investigation the organization should have been made aware and and with this whole and I, I, I don't understand why it's taking so long, but I, maybe maybe because the, the the club was for sale and they didn't want to disrupt, you know, so making sure the seller got the biggest price possible. I don't know. <laughs> At the end of the day, I, I I can't answer. You'd have to ask the NHL that question. So that's uh, Sen's owner, new owner Michael Anlauer, in a press conference yesterday following the uh, resignation, aka firing of general manager Pierre Dorian. Um, uh, Steve uh, uh, Steos is going to be taking over as, um, as as the interim general manager, the the current uh, member of hockey operations. He was there also during this conversation, um, and of course the questions surrounding the Shane Pinto investigation, uh, which he said he was sort of made, you know, was 
was made aware of, but kind of brushed over as nothing, nothing really to see here. The same in regards to this uh, Dadanoff uh, uh, situation. If you're just hearing the Dadanoff uh, thing for the first time, um, he uh, had a no trade clause where the Anaheim Ducks were on that list. Dadanoff was traded to Vegas and then subsequently from Vegas the following year. This all happened in 2021. And then in 2022, Vegas attempted to trade Dadanoff to the Anaheim Ducks. Um, uh, but that trade was then made void because Dadanoff uh, had Anaheim on his no trade list. He could not be traded there. Um, and then this created a, a hill hoopla. Of course, this had nothing to do with Michael Anlauer. This was uh, with the previous ownership, um, with the estate of, of Eugene Melnick. Um, you know what? I wonder, Jim, and we don't have much time. He only got about a minute. But the, the NHL, to me, regarding this investigation was going on for 18 months. Um they were either not being forthright with the whole entire investigation or at least downplaying it. Um, so here's the thing to me, Cam. Uh, it, it just seems, it seems a little, it seems a little sleazy. To he's me. not going to n- not buy the team. If there's a risk, he's going to lose a first round pick. I'm not, not buying this team just cause you're going to take something from me that, but I had nothing to do with this. Why don't you just tell the guy that this is going on? Yeah. Like he said, how do I inherited this is beyond me. If you know that team is selling, why don't you get on this a little quicker? Sounds like the Ducks and the and the Golden Knights were really on. They wanted a they wanted a hunk of flesh on this, and but it, well, they deserve to do with a hunk of flesh. I can't imagine if we had a deal and the parameters of that deal were changed because you weren't honest with me, mm-hmm. or did your wherewithal to know? So why does this come out after there's a new owner? When was that deal? It was last year's trade deadline. It was 2022. It was so deal it wasn't with even, it. It was the even, summer. It was 2022's trade deadline, not even this past one. To me, it's like Mike bought a team here and was invited to a party, and he showed up, and they didn't tell him it was a costume party. Thank you very much to Jeffrey Fortier producing the show. Jim Toth to take you all the way until 3 o'clock. That's it for me. We'll be back sometime tomorrow. Pick up the phone. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.